Today I interview Tevis Troa. Tevis works with executive firekeepers, visionaries, and actionaries and organizations to foster leadership vision and behaviors to optimize their business. Working with the C-suite, she has crafted leadership alignment initiatives, cultural strategy, and resilience intensives. High performers share this common characteristic, a nagging sense that no matter what they have accomplished, they are capable of more. That drive to test themselves and their own capacity to contribute brings with it a host of questions, but often they focus on achieving goals and it does not allow for taking the time to reflect on how to navigate choices more powerfully. Tevis is the author of The Game Changer's Guide to Radical Success. It'll help you to take a step back, give opportunity for reflecting, assessing, course correcting, and realigning. The Game Changer's Guide to Radical Success offers a refreshing, immersive, personal, and active approach to getting clear on how you want your life to feel and making it happen. So sit back or enjoy your run or enjoy your drive or whatever you're doing and enjoy the interview. so thrilled to be here, Lance. Lance, thanks for having me. It's amazing. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. So Tevis, where, where do I find you? You find me at balanceintegration.com. You can find me on Facebook. <laughs> and where physically do I find you? Oh, physically. <laughs> you find me right now. I'm staring at the woods of the Catskills from my home in Woodstock, New York. And is that, how far away from New York City is that? That's about an hour and 45 minutes unless you hit traffic at one of the bridges or tunnels. Okay. <laughs> and what do you enjoy when it's not locked down? And I believe you've traveled recently, but, but when it's not locked down, what do you enjoy doing in your part of the world? You know, um, travel has been a part of my life all my life. I also really love doing things that, that, that I always saw other people doing, right? Like, like I always saw people surfing mm. and I thought, oh, but no one in my family had ever surfed and, and I didn't grow up near a seashore, but finally in my forties, I had the opportunity to take a surfing lesson. I was like, yeah, or <laughs> snowboarding or um, going on crazy hikes way off trail with people who know how to do that stuff or, um, like I recently, a couple of years ago, and I'm an old lady, I finally picked up a guitar and started singing and songwriting. So wow. it, it's kind of all over the board. I think if something tickles our fancy, right? If something makes us go, wow, that's interesting. I think that we really owe it to ourselves to get out of this spectator syndrome and actually get into the arena and give it a go, right? Mm. And just try it. It's not a tattoo. <laughs> it's going to feel awkward, especially for, for high performers, right? We have to be experts at everything. And I think that intentionally moving into things that, that seem kind of sexy or delight us or kind of make us a little scared, I think that there's so much um, to discover there. It's not... It's not in the things we're great at that we're going to have the big ahas. It's in the things that make us a little bit like uh, on our back foot going, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> That's an amazing way of living life. And I, I, start, I had children when I was older 
And so I experience new things every day <laughs> through them, yeah. I guess, um, and, and girls as well. So I'm, I'm experiencing <laughs> part of my life that I never thought I would. <laughs> Bring your feminine side, Lance. I love it. It's good. Yeah. We've all got the yin and the yang and the anima and animus. It's, it's, it's all good. <laughs> That's great. So, Tethys, could you tell us how you got to the point where you are today? I don't expect like an in-depth overview, but maybe like five minutes or so. And then, you know, the forming of Balance Integration Corporation. So a big name. Oh, um, my God. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, what am I thinking? Making people say so many syllables. <laughs> um, okay, long story short, I grew up in Atlanta, Georgia. My dad was a Montessori teacher. So I definitely got exposed to um, the love of learning, the love of knowledge absorption mm. and a keen sense of social systems, because those are really the cornerstones of that way of thinking about human development. Right. And um, so I grew up in all that and it was the 70s. And so we had lots of health food and um junk food was nowhere in my house which really pissed me and my sister off because all the other kids had Twinkies and everything and mm. we didn't even have a TV we had play subscriptions to play companies and books and it sounds really great but when you're a kid you just want to be like everyone else right so um so I grew up and um made my way through undergrad and I majored in history and I did a lot of multicultural stuff. I um, loved studying um, the expansion of the Western frontier, Latin American studies, Asian studies, etc. And one of the things that really grabbed me was the richness of all of these cultures and showing how people go about life, right? And, and showing um, how we um, set goals for ourselves, how we measure success, how we create tribe, how we create relationship and power structures. And so when I got out of undergrad, um, I got a business degree um, because I realized I really wanted to play an active role um, in the world. And um, it struck me that I could do it from 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 the academia kind of being the spectator and watching right? <laughs> or I could go straight in and be um, be a thoughtful participant around the boardroom table. And so I made my way um, through a master's in business and um, oh. experienced a lot um, in corporate America. And one of the things I experienced was that same observation I had brought to all those other chapters in life really um, came into play as I watched how things worked in corporate culture. And mm. it, it was just so fascinating to take almost a sociological or a developmental lens into um, some of the most powerful companies on our planet and to do it as a young person who had not been raised in a family of corporate thinking but to do it as a young person um, really with a beginner's mind about all of it right oh wow mm. that's that's how that works and that's how that plays out and um, just, just, it was just such a rich way to move into the form of consulting and leadership development 
and really executive alignment is what I would call it that um, has, has emerged as my burning passion. <laughs> mm. And that's amazing because when I, when I was reading the book and we're going to get onto the book now, uh, it's always interesting interviewing different people because the picture I had of you is very different to how I'm engaging with you now because your book and fantastic book, I loved it, is called The Game Changer's Guide to Radical Success. And so when I thought of that, I thought of like A-type personality, striving, always getting bigger, better and better and better. Is that, can you give us an overview of that book? And is that what you wanted to try and do from the book with like radical success? Because it sounds you know, so active orientated. Oh, believe me, believe me. I don't, don't be fooled by the the guitar in the background. You guys can't see it, but he's looking at my office with all my accoutrement. Um, so, yeah, I'm very A-type personality. Mm. I, um, through college, I was in an honors program. Um, I'm Phi Beta Kappa. Um, I, I've always been that girl. I've always been the student in the front row raising her hand and not to kiss butt, but literally because I am fascinated by learning and I mm -hmm. love excelling. I love excelling. And when I got into corporate America, that really persisted, right? I, 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 I loved watching the game, right? I love yeah. watching hmm, who, who's really checking the boxes who is actually succeeding even more because they're bringing an aliveness into how they play their game, right? Mm. They're bringing a native intelligence. They're bringing a self-confidence. They're bringing a freedom of expression that expands the possibilities under consideration as opposed to the person who just tries to do everything perfectly and um, is really conformity minded, I really became interested. And there was a concept nailed back in the eighties. I believe it was um, a book by a guy named George Gilder and he called it the X factor, mm. right? And that X factor is that person who when they come into a conversation, they're completely present to it. And um, they are not afraid to either listen and absorb, right? So they're not trying to flex their self-importance, but they're willing to allow themselves to absorb what's being expressed and they're not afraid to contribute. Mm. And I thought about it and I thought, wow. And I thought back to people throughout my life, people who were, who, um, grasped for power and structured themselves around advancement according to checking the boxes or, or kissing butt or um, that kind yeah. right of way of moving through life. And then I thought about the people who said, okay, I get how to play that game, but I'm going to really show up and I'm going to be true to myself through it. And when I got into corporate America, um, and of course it's corporate everything, it's not just corporate America, that's just corporate culture. But when I got into corporate culture, I really wanted to, to craft a career and to craft an existence because we're not just crafting a career. A lot of times mm. we say, oh, well, well, what's your career objective? No, your career ripples out in every part of your life. As far as I last checked, 
Um, our life happens in moments. It happens in breath in, breath out. So what kind of existence do I want to have breath in, breath out? Whether I'm nailing it um, at a board meeting or I'm... Mm at the little league game with my daughters, as you might be ready, like, <laughs> like how do I fully show up and use yeah. the breadth of my talents, my insights, my questions, my doubts, like how do I bring all that to bear? And so when I came into corporate America, that was really important to me because I saw a lot of people going through the motions and they may have had title, but they didn't have flourishing right? They yeah. didn't have, they didn't have respect, right? They didn't have influence, right? So, so, so this question was really, how do we move through what we choose to move through? Mm, and mm. That's, that's really the concept of radical success. I think um, a, a lot of our parlance, um, no matter where you're from, right? There's, there's a lot of talk both about these, um, these intrinsic values, right? Like I think the author um, and journalist David Brooks wrote a book called The Road to Character. And he said, are you gonna build a eulogy or a resume, right? And I think that's a great question to ask ourselves, but I think so often we may have moments of reflection where we think about, well, what kind of human being do I want to be? What do I want to bring to bear? Like we had these really thoughtful moments of repose, but then we move back into daily life. And let's admit it, life is rich. Like there's so much to enjoy specifically for skilled people um, who know how to navigate, but most of us are starving at the banquet, mm. right? Most of us, um, make happiness limiting move after happiness limiting move because we settle and we start checking the boxes and our life gets so cluttered with tasks and with whatever we think that next goal should be as opposed to really being, being able to ask ourselves, have I become a victim of my own success? And that's what I started to see as I worked in corporate America is that, that there's, I kind of call it happiness porn. <laughs> like, honestly, <laughs> we have these ideas of, of um, I'll be happy when, right? Mm. I'll be fulfilled when. And yeah, it's when you retire. Yeah, last I checked, the only moment that we have is right now. Mm. And so there's this false dichotomy a lot of us have bought into that, that we cannot be true to ourselves and still be the chief marketing officer or still be the chief finance dude or whatever, fill in the blank, right? Yeah. That, that, that to be vibrant and dynamic is somehow breaking the rules of succeeding in corporate culture. And I say au contraire. Last I checked, if I look at nature, it's our job to be vibrant and dynamic, right? It's our job to be fully alive, to be to be switched on, right? And um, so, so having tasked myself with that and starting to view the lens around me, I mean, your listeners know, you guys know by virtue of listening to Lance's show 
you guys know what it is to look around you and see people who seem kind of going through the motions, kind of dulled down by life, right? Yeah. 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 They've got the house and they've got the spouse and they've got the, you know, the, this and the, that, but there's this milk toastness to their success, right? There's this, this approximation. It's kind of like there's a ghost in the machine, right? But there's no, there's no real spirit to what they do. And I started to really ask myself as I think a lot of us if it's, I would look around me and I'd look for people that seemed fully fully alive and fully present and giving themselves some freedom and playfulness while they were climbing the ladder and I thought well damn don't all of it point one don't all of us deserve <laughs> that right point two how much better would our companies be would our productivity be would would um, the outcomes of our choices be? How much better would our creativity be if we invited that aspect of self into everything that we do along the way? How much better? And that's when I started to get really, really excited. So I babbled. I'm going to let you have me take a breath, Lance. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I loved your book. And just to remind everyone that your book, and we're speaking to uh, Tevis Troa, and the book is The Game Changer's Guide to Radical Success. And it's not a very long book, um, you know, and when I, I sped read it for this interview, put my questions together, and now I've gone back to the book and I've started to work through it because the book is really wonderfully, uh, you know, put together and you've got assignments and things that you can write down and, and think about and try and understand yourself and all these kind of things, which I, I really want to, because your book is not a, a light and fluffy book, really. It's like you have to have the work to put the work in to, to get a result. And I really want to actually try and do that and, and give it give proper input into to what I'm thinking. But Tevis, one of the questions I want to ask you about the Game Changers Guide to Radical Success is, did you find that you had to leave the corporate world in order to get your radical success, your dream life? Or did you start to cultivate it while you were working in corporate and then, you know, branch out from there? How did it start for you? Well, it, um, for one thing, that's a great, great, great question. So thank you so <laughs> much. Because, because you're kind of calling me to the mat, right? You're kind of saying, okay, it's easy for you to say consultant girl, right? <laughs> easy for you to talk. And the truth is, this has been a question I've lived, whether or not I was serving in the U.S. Army or whether I was working for UPS or whether, because um, I was a marketing exec there or whether I went to Time Warner, everywhere I went, this has been a question. And if you, if we paraded all my bosses right, on this, on this show, they would say, yeah, she pushed the envelope everywhere that she went. And because of it, I succeeded. It wasn't a liability. It was my strength. But it took a discipline of knowing how to be true to myself, how not to dumb down, how not to um, play smaller, play quiet or conform, right? That, that urge towards conformity is something that we really have to have a discipline around. And so I found that radical success as opposed to box checking and what the world has told you success is, I found that radical success, that act of allowing being true to yourself 
to drive your success was something that you really have to work at. And that's why the book is not a book you simply read. Mm. It's a book you do. This is a book you do. And you're right. It's super short. I think it's 150 something pages. Um, but let me tell you, every page you read is going is to ask you some big <laughs> questions about yourself. And, and um, I lead people through it. And what's um, so amazing, because we're doing a mastermind right now, and I've got a chief people officer. I've got a guy um, who ran um, global marketing for one of the biggest vodka brands on the planet. I mean, really heavy hitters, guys. And there's this idea that that we've seen it all, we've done it all, there's nothing yet out there to surprise us, right? And our eyes get dull with that assumption, our heart gets dull with that assumption. So the invitation of game change is saying, no, you can still move through all of that, but you're gonna change how you play. And it's gonna be radical, not because it's extreme or because you suddenly become intolerable to anyone who's not exactly like you. It's radical because you're being true to yourself the whole time. And so the playfulness that, that those crazy questions like, what really makes you feel alive, mm. right? These are such harmless questions that can really scare the socks off of any of us. Right? No, definitely. What does make me feel really alive? Well, dude, if we're strong enough to work through the careers that we've worked through, then sitting with that question for us to really become intimate with our answers to those questions, that just blows the top off of anything that we do. Yeah, and, and I agree. And I suppose it's different stages in your life as well, because like, like the Maslow hierarchy of needs, there could be people who are just surviving in a way and doing what they do to feed and provide for their family. And then you, you could maybe eventually get to self-actualization or doing something that really is for your own benefit. And you get all the different benefits that go along with that, like, you know, finances or whatever. Um, but it's, it, it really is quite tricky. Um, but I, I want to tell the listeners that your book is divided into different things, like pre parts, pre-game planning, in-play, game on, and then playing for life. And from my perspective, I want to ask you a couple of questions just to clarify things for me. Um, starting with you know, your self-image. And I have always battled with a bit of you know, self-image. Who am I? What am I like? And do I see myself as I am and give enough value and credibility to who I am, you know? So I, I'm a little bit of a pessimistic or negative slant on myself. I always look at myself slightly negatively. Can you give us some input into how we should like look at our self image and how can we view ourselves differently to how we see ourselves even change our self image? Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it's such a beautiful thing I stumbled into and, Part of how um, I stumbled into that is I realized so much of the visioning that we do for a company, right? So much of the visioning that we do for a country, right? Like what does a country stand for? What does a company stand for? What, what does a nonprofit, like, like everyone's talking about a mission and a vision and then you apply it to a, a personal 
um, perspective. And unfortunately, so much of it comes from shoulds, right? And specifically for high performers, because we're so oriented around winning, um, we already start out with a construct of how am I going to win, right? Um, so when I start working with people and we start to say, well, what is your self-image? Um, a lot of times we don't understand that whatever the self-image is, it bears a blessing and a curse, right? It's both a prop that we mold ourselves to, but it also kind of confines us. And a lot of times when I sit down specifically with people, and I, I, I've walked people from yogis and acupuncturists to CEOs. I, I walk people through every walk of life all over the scale of Maslow's hierarchy of needs. And mm. what has actually delighted me because I wrote the book based on my work with high performers, but what has really delighted me is people from almost any walk of life at any stage can read these practices and get more connected to their truth. And so when we build an identity that's based on what we think is gonna win us favor and security in society, and we write that out, here's, here's all the I am's, right? Well, I'm this way, I'm that way, I'm this way, I'm that way, I'm this way, I'm that way. We're gonna see things that, that, that reinforce our sense of stability. We're gonna see a lot of self-judgment, a lot of imposter syndrome, a lot of, well, I'm not really blah, blah, blah. And part of what the work is, is to actually access the practice of dreaming. Mm. And we're not taught to dream a lot, right? We're taught to be inspired by other people dreaming. Like we go to a movie and see someone who dreams of big things. We go, oh, that's wonderful. But very rarely do we turn to ourselves and say, wow, if I was really going to dream, what would, what would make me feel fully alive in this lifetime, in this very lifetime? What, what, what way of being fully alive would I love to have? What I feel like would be almost the fulfillment of why ever I came into this planet, right? And when you start to ask those questions, it's asking people to engage in something that not only very few of us have done, um, but we definitely haven't assigned action and practice around it. And so one of the most lovely things it is to invite people to put themselves on a diet of these ideas and questions so that they can not only get a baseline, well, well I would love to feel creative. I would love to feel um, inspirational. I would love to feel um, a lot of energy. I would love to feel connected to community. Like these are the kinds of things that start to come up. But the more people practice game change, the more they flesh that out. And then the, the more they identify actions, little tiny, some of them are tweaks. <laughs> you don't have to quit your job, people. Some of them are tweaks <laughs> and some of them are steps and some of them are leaps. And the more you start to kind of put flesh on the bones, right, of what is optimal. How do I want to be? This is different from a vision board, right? I burned my vision board last year because I realized so much of what we say we want is because we think we should want it, right? Is because we think, well, that's the next 
step in the progression of me being this identity that I created. Mm. What's great about game change and this work of what is, what is the self image I wanna bring into being through my next choice, through this choice, right? How do I anchor myself to that person instead of being anchored to or tethered to the me that is tired, that is frustrated, that is overwhelmed, that maybe eats too much or drinks too much or gets cross with my kids or like all these ways of being that we fall into that are really just our rut. But our rut a lot of times becomes an unconscious self-image that we have to move ourselves out of. And that's really the work around the self-image question. I hope that's helpful. Does that help at all? I think so. And, you know, you brought up a whole lot of different subjects and I, I think a lot of the listeners will say, and I believe that, you know, we've got to be in charge of our lives because, you know, life is, if we just allow life to happen to us, it's not going to end up well most of the time. So, you know, we need to be shaping our lives. We need to be shaping our marriages. We need to be shaping our family. We need to be shaping our, our careers and those kind of things. Um, and I, I love the fact that you say in your book, you know, we very much want to have the power to create the life we want, but simultaneously believe we don't have that power. And I, and I find myself a lot of the time, and maybe your vision board thing, where I say like, and, and the difference between dream and plans in a way. So like, I'm where I am now. In a year's time, where am I going to be? That's not necessarily a dream. That's just an aspirational goal to be there in a year's time. But actually, I can also dream and say, my dream marriage is this. Now, how can I actively start to put that in place? Because that I have a lot of more control over. It's just me and my wife. In a career, it's a little bit more difficult. And I, I love the, you know, the Invictus poem where it says, you know, I'm the master of my fate and I'm the captain of my soul. But maybe you can give us a little bit more advice about we want to change things, but we still simultaneously believe we don't have the power. Do we all have yeah. the power to create the life we want? Well, we all have the power to be who we want to be as life unfolds, right? Mm. So, so I call this aligning with what is, right? We can't change COVID, right? We can't change whatever's happening and any of our countries politically look like we can't change those things but we can align with what is right which means not being not being the victim right that this isn't happening to us it's simply happening and really asking ourselves given what is what is the most powerful way for me to show up with what is right so so i call this creating an anchor question or anchor truth, right? So this helps me to navigate in the midst of, like you brought up the marriage example. So let's say that you wanted to have a more loving, um, more supportive um, relationship, right? And I'm not saying that you don't, I know nothing about your personal <laughs> life. But, 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 but the question would be, how do you align with, completely be with your marriage exactly as it is and begin to adjust what you bring to it to allow for greater supportiveness, for greater understanding, et cetera. Like what would be the actions that you would be doing what would be the truth? Because you're right. 
we shape away and we plan away. But what are we planning towards? A lot of times we're planning towards things that have nothing to do with what our dreams might be. And I think that's a key thing to remember. Like if you look at everything that you planned for the next year or where you want to be, um, let's say by April, 2022, um, how much of that has to do with you bringing into fruition a dream for yourself and how much of it is, well, I want to pay off of this. Um, I want to get promoted. I'm going to do a job change, right? Like, like we really get caught up in investing again, <laughs> procrastinating, right? We really get caught up in all the tasks around these ideas, these extrinsic accomplishments, as opposed to saying, hmm, I do want all of those things. I am going to move towards them. But in the meantime, if I'm bringing to life this person that is Lance, right, this person that's me, if I'm going to bring him alive, what do I have to do to make sure he's present? And mm -hmm. it's not, it's not just going through, through, through the motions, you know, you brought up the, um, the Invictus poem and I'm going to quote Jim Morrison to you. Right? <laughs> yes. he, he said, no one here gets out alive. Mm -hmm. Sting said in his song, Miss Grinenko, is anybody alive in here? Is anyone at all in here? Right. And this whole question of guys, you have every skill set you need. You are resourceful. Everything is figureoutable to you. When do you begin to allocate some loyalty and attention to what makes your heart happy while you're doing all those things? Mm. And that's where I've seen that, that, that in working with people who, yeah, they want to kill it in the professional world. They want to do amazing things. That's where I've seen them go from, from, gosh, I've got the amazing house. I've got the amazing title. I just got a seven figure kick on my bonus, you know, blah, blah, blah. Why is my heart so sad to actually having all those things? And saying, I never knew I could feel so alive at the same time. It doesn't have to be a trade-off. I promise yeah. you that. Yeah, no, that's amazing. Um, so, Tevis, the last thing I want to say about your book briefly, and I could talk to you for hours, but I want to read another extract from your book. And this is a big subject. So <laughs> hopefully we can answer it in a few minutes. But you say, faith is, so faith is key. By faith, I don't mean religion or, or belief in a deity, although those forms of faith can be powerful in supporting game change. But by faith, I mean conviction in and connection to the function of life itself. We all have faith. It's why you get out of bed in the morning. It's why you eat. Faith is why, despite times in which perhaps you don't want to get out of bed or eat, somehow you eventually rise and nourish yourself again. You have faith that these things are necessary and worthwhile. So that is quite an amazingly big topic because I guess – you, you can't go, you have to have faith that, that things are going to turn out fine or that these dreams are going to become a reality, that you are going to progress, that your life does have meaning, that you are, you know, you are bigger than your current surroundings. Is, it, is that what you mean by faith? You, know, you can't go through life thinking in a pessimistic way. You have to have this, this quite shaky thing called faith in your life to make things worthwhile. Is that what you're saying? 
so so I feel a couple like, yeah and you're right we just have to have a, a big executive retreat and we can all go drum and do kumbaya over all these questions because they're so great right yeah um but I actually believe that 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 this longing to flourish to be fully alive is ubiquitous you don't get born into flesh and not have some voice inside of you going, I'm here. Right. Yeah. While you're climbing the ladder, I'm still here. Right. And we try to shut it up because it's inconvenient because we've been told not to make waves because we've been told um, just to play the game, just to get along. And while we're climbing that ladder, I got to ask you because it was brought up to me actually this weekend. What wall are you putting your ladder against, right? Are you climbing a ladder towards something that makes you feel completely accomplished and fully alive? Or are you gonna get halfway up the ladder and go, why am I doing this again? Because no matter what you do, it's gonna take effort. It's gonna take a lot of that cognitive function, that planning, that strategy, no matter what you do, it's gonna take that. Yeah. So, so plugging yourself into it is super, super important. And you said something, Lance, that, 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 that this question of faith, right? I also love to think of courage, right? The word courage includes the Latin and French and Spanish for heart, right? Core. And courage means that heart has to be present, but so does fear, right? We have to move into what challenges us. And to flourish means that life comes into full expression. And what's beautiful about flourishing is a, a small plant can flourish, an oak tree can flourish, an eagle can flourish, you can flourish, right? Mm. So the question is, what are you going to do to allow this lifetime to be something in which you truly flourish? And again, I'm not saying that you have to blow up your job and leave your marriage, you know, you know, I'm not saying that I'm saying, can you make a little room in all that doing all that winning? Can you make a little room for your heart to call some of the shots? Because I'm telling you, it's going to make it so much more worthwhile. It's truly game changing. Awesome. And um, so Tevis, and just remind everyone, we've been speaking to Tevis Trower, at least I have, you've been listening. <laughs> <laughs> and the book is the, the Game Changers Guide to Radical Success. And Tevis, can you tell us about balance integration? And um, it's been around since 2002, so longstanding, got really fantastic clients that you've worked with. And I, I see you do employee experience, organizational well-being, alignment, executive coaching, small business strategy and coaching. Um, can you give us a, a little bit of an overview of what you do and how people can reach out to you? Oh, absolutely. We, we love helping organizations flourish. Like that's, mm. that's our passion. Um, and it's really this idea of alignment around optimization. And whether you're aligning the executive team, you're looking at the strategy, or you're helping optimize 
the um, employee experience, all of it uh, conspires and converges for greatness to be possible. So, so there's a sense of, of wholeness. Let's get beyond the lip service and the head nodding, right? I call it the virus of head nodding. Everyone hears a great idea and they all nod because they don't think they have to change. But, but this idea of alignment means no, actually all of us um, are adapting and changing all the time. So we've been at it since 2002. We've been so fortunate to work with companies from Chanel, um, helping them align their culture um, in the midst of some redesign of compensation, which is never a cool mm. moment. We've, um, we've designed entire cultural strategies for Bloomberg. We um, work on an ongoing basis with KKR. We just have really amazing clients who um, approach this with a thoughtfulness and a dedication to having their companies be as great as they possibly can be. And that means discipline. So that's what we do. I would love to, um, to connect with any of your listeners and um, invite you to reach out to me at Balance Integration. Yeah, balanceintegration.com. And then I, I see that you do, uh, you can have an intro call. So can people just reach out to you and have a 30 minute discussion um, if they if they send you an email and, and connect with you. Yeah, well, there's there's uh, two things I want to offer up. One is absolutely um, if you'd like to connect and talk about your company, if you'd like to talk about your own um, leadership, then 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 absolutely there's there's a button there for you to click and you will be connected to my calendar and we will talk um, and also. We are doing so much cool stuff to support this kind of thinking. And um, if you'd like to stay up to date on what conversations we're having, what gatherings we're having, we have executive roundtables, we have ongoing live streams where we um, find the most interesting people that we can find to talk about how do you kick butt and be true to yourself at the same time. So mm. if you want to stay up to date on all of that, um, I'm going to give Lance a link and he can share it with you. And you'll also get a free chapter to my book, The Game Changer's Guide to Radical Success. Oh, cool. Okay, great. So uh, I'll put it in the show notes and then there's balanceintegration.com. And if you scroll down to the button, the get to know you us section, you've got events that happen very regularly I see um, that's the book and the articles and videos and all those kind of things and then I see you also use Calendly so you can connect with Calendly and book your appointment if if need be I, I think <laughs> but I'll have the, the link in the show notes where people can go and have a, a look at your website and, and the information you're sharing with me thank you very 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 much for your time I really appreciate you joining me today thank you so much I really enjoyed it. Thank you, Lance. And I hope you, the listener, found this as interesting and useful as I did. And I, once again, like I said to Tevis, I'm going through the book from the beginning almost. In fact, I'm diving straight to chapter four, to be honest. So I'm starting from chapter four and going from there again. But if you want the book, then please look out for it. It's called The Game Changer's Guide to Radical Success. You can buy it from wherever you, you want to buy it. Um, and if you want to email me, then email Lance at ideastorm.co.za or you can go to the businessbookshelfpodcast.com. Um, you can look for the podcast anywhere on all the different devices. If you can think of someone who wants to, who would benefit from listening to people like Tevis, then please tell them about me and or about me about the podcast. And um, yeah, so until next time, everyone, thank you so much and enjoy yourself and stay safe, stay well. 
and keep on reading these fantastic books. Thank you, Tevis, for your time. Thank you.